And of course, I want to start today by acknowledging the fact that it's Mother's Day here in the States, um, not in the UK. And that can bring up a, a whole raft of feelings. Um, it could be indifference or irritation, but I want to acknowledge that we can have all different kinds of experiences with our mothers and our children for that matter. And in our community, in our community, there are people who were not loved by their mothers as they wish to be and as they deserve to be. In our community, there were people, and not just one, um, a fair number of people who experienced abuse even, traumatic abuse from the person who was their mother. There are people who have very difficult relationships with their mothers, even if they made a, a stab at it. And people who have difficult relationships with their children or who chose not to have children. So I want to jump into, let's start from that reality and the reality that even for those in our community who had mothers who did their best, we can be left haunted by a feeling that we wished for something more. So every year at Mother's Day, I send out um, the immortal words from Paul McCartney, when I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. I won't make you sing it, but I want to point out that this came to McCartney in a dream a dream. It wasn't reality. It was a wish in his heart. Ten years or so after his mother died, and his mother was named Mary, and he has said in interviews that he had this dream in a time of tremendous stress and too many drugs and too much everything. And this, this warm apparition, this presence came to him in his hour of darkness, some restless night, and just said, let it be, let it be. It was something inside him that knew what was needed. This accepting and warm presence that just let everything be. 
So I'm going to tell you a little story. And I looked it up to see if it is true. And the result is inconclusive, but promising. And the story, which I told last year in another form at the beginning of our pandemic, is that when Kafka, Franz Kafka, was 40, which was the last year of his life, he died of tuberculosis, he met a little girl in a park in Berlin who was crying and just absolutely inconsolable because she lost her favorite doll. So they looked together for the doll and no good, no good, they didn't find her. And Kafka said, meet me here tomorrow and we'll look again. So somehow she persuaded her parents to to go back to meet this intense man to look for the doll. And again, they couldn't find her. But Kafka produced a letter. And the letter, tiny little doll letter said, don't cry, I've just gone traveling to see the world. And I will write you letters and tell you about my adventures. So according to the story, which has been alive for years now, and was repeated first time by Kafka's last partner, a woman named Dora, claimed that this was true. Kafka would meet this little girl and bring little letters that would update on all the adventures the doll was having, wonderful places, wonderful new feelings and perceptions. And finally, maybe he knew he was getting towards the end. He brought the girl a doll and said it was her doll. And she said, this looks nothing like my doll. But of course, he came with a letter that said, my experiences have changed me, you know, the way they do. And whether she believed it or not, she was delighted with this doll. And according to this great story, and believe me, people are still looking for these doll letters. Some people think the Gestapo took them. Maybe it helped um but at any rate when that little girl became a grown woman that doll broke as things do and inside the doll there was a tiny letter kafka's last that said in the end you will probably lose everything you love, but love will return in a different way. Love will return in a different way. And the reason I love that story 
is because to me, it shows the gift of practice, the true gift in what we do. Because our deepest wish, my deepest wish, is to be met by a spacious, intimate presence or attention that can be with everything that arises without fear, without fixing, just being present, just holding in attention, just that. And we long to find it, first of all, in our mothers, how many of us do? And then in our loved ones, in our friends. And it turns out that it exists. It's here. This warm, intimate space that can be with everything that arises without getting lost in the emotion and without pulling away. Just letting it appear and release and open. So let's sit together. Take a comfortable seat with a straight back. And let your eyes close if it's comfortable for you. And just check in with how it feels to be here today. Don't think about it. Just let yourself check in. And see that there's an attention here. And we, we don't need to fix it or expand it. Just allow it to be here. Just notice that this attention can soften you. Just a bit, just in the simplest and most direct way. We can be soft under the gaze of an attention that doesn't judge.
everything happen, all the thinking, picturing, and see that you can notice it and bring the attention back to the body, back to sensation. yourself rest in stillness. Notice how it feels to be completely acceptable. Everything that arises accepted. Notice that this stillness is not absence, but presence. Let everything 
everything be everything. Just let it be. And see that you can come home to presence, to an attention that doesn't judge any time. Just come back to sensation. Back to the feet on the floor. Resting in stillness, in sensation.
is how it feels to let everything be. No effort. And let that be completely acceptable. To be just like this. And notice as you soften, as you let be, a presence appears. An attention that sees with no judging.
when you find yourself dreaming or thinking, just come home to the present moment and rest in stillness. Notice how it feels to be still. To let everything be.
can notice how it feels to be loved, completely accepted, completely lovable. Thank you for your practice. And if you have uh, any questions or observations about the practice, any aspect, we'd love to hear from you. So I'll begin with um... It, this appreciation that you mentioned about it being Mother's Day, because um, certainly in my life, I find that um, I look at my own mother as kind of, it's very easy to look at, at parents and motherhood. And my mother is the bane of my troubled existence. I've had years of therapy and um, difficulties with my mother to the point where um, I've tried not to have a relationship with her, but today I did spend Mother's Day with her. And when I look back, my very first memories of my mother were 
she and my father, they, they divorced when I was four, but they were constantly fighting. And when you talked about it, I had nightmares as a result of that as a kid, but I used to, no matter what, I used to cry. I, I cried for her um, to end these nightmares that I had. And no matter what happened, she always did come and comfort me. And so when you talk about, um, you know, Paul McCartney's song, Let It Be, is just, that's so wise, just to, just to let it be. And, and I thought about, you know, I've always had this real love of philosophy. That's been my, my guide um, all my life. And when I look at the, the, the breakdown of philosophy, it's Sophia. And Sophia is wisdom, but the, it comes from Sophia, the goddess of wisdom. And it's so ironic because all the philosophers that I've, that I've studied, both, both East and West, hardly any of them have been women philosophers or female philosophers. But it's always been the feminine side that's been there to nour nourish, whether it's, it's a mother or a wife, but taking care of the household, taking care of all of those things and how wonderful this planet is that we all do come from mothers, that we've all come from something, some type of womb, whether it's fish or um, insects or certainly mammals and things like that. And, um, you know, I think of the fact that I have a sister who hasn't seen my mother in four years and, and just, I think no matter what, one has to have unconditional love for that from which we came from. And it becomes my obligation to make sure that that relationship ensues. I mean, is, is that, would you, anything you would like to, would that be the correct, no matter how volatile or painful it could be? Because when I did try to cut off religion with my mother for about five or six months, I couldn't do it. And I finally capitulated and even apologized to her. Well, I thank you for um, your sharing and um, the honesty in it. And I think, and this is something that applies to all of us, and it has an almost magical potential that if we bring this attention to ourselves, to our experience, so pain comes up. And, um, and there's good reason for it, or anger comes up, or this rebellious little child who isn't going to be hurt again, or all of our countless guises and forms. And that comes up in our practice, and it takes out long to trust this, at least in my case that our practice is to bring this intimate, warm spaciousness to that hurt, that form, that anger, that love, whatever is arising. Nothing is exiled. Nothing is excluded. Nothing is banished. But, and to not, in the practice, it's, it's, it's so often the case that we want to swoop in with a, an answer, a smart thought, a thought from the Dharma or philosophy or, 
or exercise or something and fix it. And the practice is really to be with it without touching and to notice sometimes for mountain it releases it opens it reveals its tenderness under the anger or the sorrow under the joy or that if we open under the touch of this kind attention and you mentioned sophia sophia she is a witness a witness. And this is the practice to see without judgment. So you're in this very difficult relationship and sometimes it's okay. Sometimes there's a lot of hurt and a history of hurt. And the practice and Harley is to let it all be there to let everything arise and to just keep meeting it with loving attention and no judgment and see. And I just want to add one other thing. It might seem to some of us, a lot of us, if something really painful and difficult comes up inside, it seems really hard to access compassion or love sometimes, but it's quite easy to access curiosity, to be curious. What's coming up? Why this hate? What is this fighting posture? So, and the this is a long way around to say that as you work on yourself, Hartley, as you practice, this will be felt, and this will transform. Does that help? It's a practice again and again and again. This is a practice to be done. Well, I found I find that uh, yes, in that that in, 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 when you say it like that, my mother's my greatest teacher. You know, I mean, I know we talk a lot about Gurdjieff here, or, or certainly in Parabola, there are a lot of articles that deal with that. And with with Gurdjieff, which I love about his philosophy is that we um, that he always found it valuable to have somebody that 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 irritates you, that you know, as your greatest teacher. Yeah, to, yeah, that's how we get. That's how we move forward and we transform. And in that way, perhaps my mother is my greatest teacher. And the Buddha would agree, and all the other great spiritual teachers said, and yet we don't believe it for so long that what hurts us, what troubles us, the people who are most difficult are the ones that can reveal the most.
to us that and I mean that sounds like a almost like a platitude or yeah fine but you don't know what it's like to deal with my mother or my partner what have you but the invitation and this is completely real and it's a permanent invitation is to let yourself see that you're hurt your anger, all those different personas that come up, that wounded child, that crying baby, it's all worthy of your loving attention and interest, all of it. It's not like only your perfect stillness and ease is is welcome here. It's all welcome and it's all revealing. And, uh, she was always by my father's side. Can you hear me? No, she, you she, broke she, up. Yeah. Oh, and she was uh, 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 she was naughty. She was naughty right into her nineties, <laughs> mid nineties. And uh, and and a little amused, and I remember when she was ninety three. She said, "You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna die soon." And she said, "It's gonna be hard." Oh. Uh, 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 she was always active and, and surprising, and she did. She was very, very, very loving when I was when I was small, and I used to. My father used to get angry at me and make me cry, and I would crawl into her lap and cry, and she'd comfort me. Um, but she was. She didn't go away when I got to be twenty. She was always in my life, and and frequently. Uh, sticking a little, just a little pin. I remember friends came from another neighborhood and they said, we love Ben, he's so smart and she's so, and, he, and he's so funny and smart. And she said, smart, Ben? <laughs> she was always like, wow. But, but it's, it, and it was about four years ago that she died and she had a wonderful death. I mean, she had a wonderful death. She was surrounded by people who loved her and we were reading her poetry and, and, and she was ready to die. But as, since she's died, um, she's turned back into the loving mother she was when I was little. She's a presence in my life now um, in a way that um, she hasn't been for, for a long, long time. So it doesn't, or in my experience, it, it doesn't end when they're, when they're done. <laughs> no, it doesn't. That's really beautiful. And thank you for sharing that. I lost a couple of words, but um, from the connection, but um, she sounds wonderful. And the point that it is such an important point that you bring up with what you share, and that many of us have felt this. Um, when, notice this, all of you, when somebody dies who is dear to you, it, the immensity of their absence suddenly, and suddenly you don't think about their wonderful words or accomplishments, but there was something about that presence that they had 
and and they can be incredibly flawed, incredibly imperfect or naughty. And I really, I aspire to be naughty into my 90s. Um, it's, it's not that they're perfected, but they, there was something in them that met us, that loved us. There was a presence. Even if it was not just imperfect, but infrequent. But even just a few moments in memory of being comforted or met, and if it wasn't, in your case, a mother, a friend, a teacher, a wonderful animal. It's, this is such a crucial reminder of what we're practicing for. To be ourselves a place of rest and comfort and love, a refuge, and not just for other people, but for ourselves. We are discovering moment by moment together, miraculously, that there is within us a presence that sees with love. Because love really is a form of perception, a way of seeing with understanding, with acceptance. And we feel it. We know it. And for many of us, there are people we remember her dear ones, our mothers, that bring that home. And when we have really, really um, traumatic relationships and have suffered trauma, we still find it in ourselves that capacity, that willingness to open, to be just a little bit trusting that there is more to us than our fear. And that surprises can come, like Franz Kafka can show up with a doll. I hope, I dearly hope that story is true. I think it is. And that presence makes a difference. We can feel it in ourselves. We've been changed by practice and moments.
Great, great. No, and I, I appreciate that. And I find that um, certainly a satsanga like this is the equivalent of either Franz Kafka or um, the doll or the notes in the doll, so to speak, it, providing comfort and, and, and a place of refuge where one can question these things. And when I look, look at I'm, what it, it's kind of a question that I had, but, but, but now it's more of a statement because when you talk about um, anger, because I feel like in some ways it has been an abusive relationship that I had with my mother. And I find that now there are certain triggers that happen even now she's 83 years old and that I lose patience with her. And the question that I had, but I think this is the answer on the right track and you could just correct me if I'm wrong, is that when I, when I do feel anger and there are times when I really lash out at her, for instance, just even four days ago, and I, I, I really struck out at her and she hung up the phone on me and and then immediately I felt a wave of compassion and called her back and tried to be very loving. So when anger happens, that perhaps I should be questioning myself, at what level am I really practicing letting it be? No, don't just see anger rising. I'm triggered, anger's rising. And then the wave that come ne comes next, just see, you're not doing anything incorrectly if you feel anger it's just anger arising and there's cause and observe that and we're replacing thinking and fixing with seeing with interest and allowing compassionate allowing and just that and just bring space. And you, so you're being triggered and you can really begin to see how it feels, how it begins. Yeah. No, I that's, wanted, that's not pointing the finger at myself or my mother, right? No, it's, yeah. well, just let it be, let it be. And really, and, and that is a really wonderful note to end on. And I wanted, we have two minutes left, and I thought it would be nice to um, to say meta um, for ourselves and others. And tonight I'm feeling, I have um, friends in India who are really suffering and thinking of it as the motherland of the Buddha and this practice. And so if we could just take a comfortable seat um, and just feel some gratitude for our own practice and our own mothering attention. And just grateful for this practice and offering ourselves a wish, wishes, may I be safe and protected from harm and danger. And may I be completely accepted, even if I feel angry or hurt or confused. 
Mr. in the Dark. May I know that I'm loved and wanted here. And we don't keep that wish just for ourselves. We let it shine out to all beings everywhere, mothers and children everywhere, everywhere in the world, everywhere, and including who you might wish to send Meta to. I'm including India. India, may you be safe and protected from harm and danger. May you receive the resources and help you need to be well. May you know that you're cared about and accepted and loved. May all beings everywhere, without exception, be free. Mother's Day. Thank you for your practice and your attention and take good care of yourselves and each other.